0: Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve.
1: You guys excited tonight? How about for the title, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ. You know, there was an acronym a few years ago. Most of you have heard of it. F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out. People are always afraid they're missing out on something. You ever notice with social media, you want to make yourself look better? I always think it's funny because it's social me We always want to look better. We always think we're missing out on something. But the only thing that we're really missing out on is a relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. As Christians, or even if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we're always trying to fill our lives up with something else. Can anyone attest to that? You know, when COVID hit, all of a sudden our priorities changed. When everything that was comfortable was taken away, we realized what was important in life. I don't know about you, but even at 57 years old, I had to reevaluate my life and say something needs to change. I thought God was number one in my life, but I don't think he was at the time. But as soon as things slowly started being taken out of my life, comfort, things like that, can anyone attest to that? So what I want to do is show you a story in the Bible that illustrates when you know Jesus Christ, nothing else matters. Do you remember that moment you first got saved? And you are just like, ain't nothing but Jesus. And then after a while, by the way, my wife's not here tonight. She's sick. I know. Let's pray for her. No, I mean, she actually is sick. That's, you guys want me to say a joke, don't you? <laughs> I think she's love sick, but she's actually sick if you want to. There it is. There it is. There it is. I had, she is actually sick. So, Lord, just bless my wife. Make her better. What's your name? The girl with the pigtails. What's your name? Raven? I love that. Oh, Sorry. Tracy, your friend? Oh, we're on live stream. I, Tracy just shouted me down. Raven. How old are you, Raven? 25. Have you been here before? Yeah. So, are you excited tonight? Did I make you nervous by pointing you out or anything? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just remember Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So, Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. It says Jesus was weary and tired. Don't you like that we had a Savior that come down here It says he was tempted in every way that we was, but didn't sin? So Jesus got tired. So listen to this verse. John chapter 4, verse 9. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I don't know about you guys, But when I had my first encounter with Jesus, I used to be, most of you don't know this, some of you do. The first time I started in this church, I was 34 years old. So I had lived a whole other life before I came here. I got saved at the age of 21. But at the time that someone reached out to me and started telling me about Jesus, I used to go to this tanning salon all the time and I would be on meth, smoking pot. So they would tell me about Jesus and I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. So in the midst of that, I go to a rock concert, I go see Bon Jovi and Rat. Come on, all the 80s people go, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, living on a prayer, baby. Come on, we're living on a prayer. Two guys standing next to me getting a fight, one stabs the other one, the guy dies. So I watch all this right next to me. At the same time, I'd been going to this tanning salon, this guy and his wife, who were Christians, kept telling me about Jesus Christ. So on a Saturday night, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because this woman had an excuse. She was trying to make an excuse. On a Saturday night in 1985, in July of 1985, the guy calls me up, and he said, hey, I just want to invite you to church tomorrow. And I said, you know, I'm tired of hearing about that Jesus stuff. And he goes, I just don't want you to go to hell. And I said, you know, I feel like I've lived in hell the first 20 years of my life. And he goes, no, I mean a real hell. And it just kind of shocked me. I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. I didn't go to church as a kid or a teenager. So he prayed with me, Romans 10, 9, 10. If you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, you will be saved. And I remember I said, he goes, how are you feeling? And I go, I feel like a bolt of electricity just came into my body. And he said, that's the Holy Spirit. But see, had I stayed on the excuse that I'm tired of the Jesus stuff. I would not have accepted Christ that night. But thank God for a bold believer. And I reach out to this guy all the time. In fact, today is his birthday, 58 years old. And I thank him all the time. And I go, you know what? If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know Jesus. How many of you in here had someone reach out to you and tell you about Jesus Christ? Think about Pastor Bob. He's told his salvation story before. If Ben, is that his name? And his wife, Ann, if Ben hadn't reached out to Bob, there'd be no dwelling place. There'd be no Susan Beckett. There'd be no Steve Ryan married to Suzanne Ryan. You wouldn't be here in this building. I mean, you ever think about, it says, do not despise small beginnings. So, when you meet Jesus, wherever it is in your life, don't ever think it's an accident. Amen. Jews and Samaritans hated each other. Most Jews would not travel through Samaria. In fact, they didn't even want to get the dust of the town on them. Doesn't it kind of sound like social media now? They would take a longer route to avoid Samaria and any contact with Samaritans. But what I love about Jesus Christ, he breaks through barriers. Aren't you glad Jesus breaks through barriers? He doesn't care who's watching. He doesn't care who's complaining. Why are you there, Jesus? Why are you with this woman? Jesus Christ breaks barriers. Who needs some barriers broken tonight in their life? John chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? When God has a gift for us, nothing can stand in the way of that. Do you believe that? Nothing can stand in the way of it. How many of you believe Pastor Susan's a gift? Anyone new here tonight, Pastor Susan got diagnosed with cancer six years ago? Gave her a couple months to live. But when God has a gift, nothing can stand in the way of it. I met you last time. Tell me your name. Jennifer. Jennifer. And this is your second time here? Sure. Third time? Do you think that you're a gift in God's eyes? Yes. Are you believing God's going to do a miracle in your life in some way? Yeah. yeah. How about you, Doug? How many needs a miracle? You know, the well is always running. If you're thirsty for anything, Jesus is the well that never ends, ever. John 4, verses 12 through 14. And besides, do you think, this is her speaking, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer us better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Excuses. How can anything be better than the family I just grew up in? Well, when you encounter Jesus, everything gets better. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Who loves having eternal life in them? You ever notice when you're around other Christians, all of a sudden it's like time stands still? You know, when God breathed into Adam, it was the the breath of God. When he breathed, the breath, so his name was, it was Adam. It means in Hebrew, it's the, when you have life come in you. And I always use the example when you're swimming. Connie, you still like going swimming? Who likes going swimming? You jump down the pool, you come up, and that first breath is... <gasps> Raven, just think about it. When you have the Holy Spirit, it's like, it's the breath of God. How many of you love having the breath of God? When he breathes on your life, when he breathes on your circumstances, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. You can have financial issues. You can have health issues. COVID can come around because Christ is above it all. He's above it all. He always can take care of the thirst in our life, no matter what it is. Amen? Who wants to watch, who's watched The Chosen? We're going to show you just a quick clip from The Chosen of Jesus and the woman at the well. Watch this.
2: Wouldn't that be nice?
0: The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really.
2: Prove it.
1: How many of you know Jesus doesn't mind when we ask some questions? And like she's going to prove it. I think a lot of times in life when you've been hated on, you forget that there's actually a God that could love you unconditionally. Because a lot of times it's not even the other people that's hated us. It's the fact that we hate ourselves. I say to people all the time, the devil and his demons aren't my problem. It's me. i got to live with me 24 hours a day. I haven't told my wife, you should get a Congressional Medal of Honor for living with me. And then I tell her how blessed she is. But that's beside the point. But no. How many of you, is it hard for you to live with yourself? But you know what I love about the greatest commandment when they asked Jesus? He said the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. I think this woman finally encountered someone that loved her unconditionally. So I just want to, I'd mentioned that I got saved in 1985. How many of you, when you got saved, like, you had this dramatic turnaround? And then, you know, you're a baby. What's babies do? They cry. They soil their diapers a little bit. You know, they're like, they fall down, get back up again. You know what I'm saying? So I got saved. I had this dramatic conversion. I'd been seeing a married woman at the time I got saved that was 14 years older than me. And this is when I was living in Texas, and I, about a couple of days after I got saved, I went to her and I go, I can't see anymore, I met Jesus. And she's like, weren't we just doing meth like two weeks ago? So I walked with the Lord for almost three years, and then I fell back into drugs for two months. So there's a reason I'm telling you this story. So in those two months, I went on a binge of crack cocaine and meth for 60 days. My main drug before that that I used for Uh, A couple years was meth, and then I smoked pot. I would do anything. i have sucked gasoline out of the back end of a car. How many drug addicts or ex-drug addicts we had? How many know when you're a drug addict, you don't care what it is? I'd snort crack off the floor even after a dog. I didn't care. It's crazy. It's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Just as a side note, I always say this to people people like, man, I can't wait on God. It's been like five minutes. And I'm like, you waited six hours for a dope deal. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that right, Bob? <laughs> you got to talk to Pastor Bob sometime. He used to run some stuff over to Mexico, and it wasn't Bibles, if <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. All right. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. All right. So I go on this binge for 60 days. This area of Lubbock, I lived in Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock's about 250,000 people. So when I first got saved, and most of you would know this, especially from, like, I got saved in the 80s, but I'm sure the 60s and 70s was this way. As soon as you got saved, they just threw you out in the streets and you started ministering to people. They didn't care if you didn't know anything. You know, you're so on fire for God, you're like, you're going to burn in hell, brother, unless you get saved. And they're like, all right, I'll get saved. So an area that I had ministered in, when I went back on this binge and got on crack cocaine, one day I was over in the same area that I had ministered in, in the streets. I bought crack cocaine. This girl gave me some, I thought. I drove away, and I looked inside of it, and it was a rock. It was not actually crack cocaine. But I was so enmeshed back in my sin again. I had living water in me. I just wasn't drinking from it anymore. I went back to her and I opened up the car door and I said, if you don't get me crack cocaine right now, I will kill you. I was the same guy that was ministering in those streets, bringing life to people. But if you don't continue to drink of the water, I love what uh, David Diga Hernandez says. He said, the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, is like an ocean. When you experience the power or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's allowing that ocean that was already in you to flow out. And it gives you power not to go back to things. Along that same time, I remember sitting in a kitchen. I'd been with a group of people. I'd been smoking crack all day. And I remember distinctly the Holy Spirit going, it doesn't matter how much you smoke. You will never experience the high and the freedom you have with me. Eventually, I got clean for 10 months, went on another binge one more time, then I went into drug treatment for 32 days, and I've been clean since 1989. So, the reason I'm saying it is some of you here may be in a dry season, even though you know Jesus. Maybe you're thirsty again. You just have to yield to the Holy Spirit. John 10.10 says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy but that Jesus Christ comes to give an abundant life. Tony, an abundant life in that, in that word abundant in the Greek, it's where a cup keeps flowing over and over and over. How many needs that abundant life to keep flowing over and over and over in their life? John four fifteen through 19 says this. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here and get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said, You must be a prophet. A lot of times you'll hear Christians go, God has wiped out your past. Isn't it funny that Jesus? revealed her past. What he's trying to say is the only way sin has dominion over you is when you keep picking it back up again. She's had five husbands. The one she's with now is number six, isn't her husband. Jesus didn't, wasn't trying to embarrass her. He's saying, stop going back to the same well. Especially the women in here. How many of you went back to the well of a damaged man over and over, and over, because you're looking for something that doesn't exist in a human being. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, that's why Jesus says in Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. I didn't have to chase after Suzanne. She chased it after me. No, I'm just kidding. I was just, no, but you know what? When I first came to church here, I didn't know anybody here. Nobody. People don't know that. They'll say sometimes, in fact, I had someone tonight called Bob, my dad. I didn't even know Bob and Susan until I was 34. I lived a whole another life. But when I came here and sought the kingdom of God, all things, all things, mother and father-in-law, wife, kids, how many can attest to that in their own life? Cora, I see you. Your life has changed so much since you've been coming here the last few months. How long have you been coming now? Since October. Let's give it up for Cora. You know what I love about Cora, man? She's just always so happy. She put a board together for the, the kids' church and hung things on it. Tori took a photo. I took a photo. And it was just amazing what she did. And, you know, once again, when you drink from the right well, you experience the power of the Holy Spirit, all things. All things will be added unto you. See, those men would never quench her thirst. She had five husbands. She was on number six. But then she encountered number seven. Seven in the Bible means perfection. When you encounter Jesus Christ, you encounter perfection. You're never going to experience anything that's going to quench your thirst the way Jesus Christ was. I don't care what anyone tells you. That's why the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. Right, Reggie? Come on. Come on. Give me some of that black stuff. Come on. Taste. See the, See all the white people are like, can we clap in church? I'm not sure. Karen. How can, what's with all these white people, man? They're just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Taste. I think, you know what I love about Pastor Bob's been preaching a lot over the last year. And he's talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it weird we can go to a football game, we can turn on a TV, and I do it too. We're like, come on, let's go, I'm going to wear my jersey. That's all good. But I'm like, we have Jesus Christ, we have the person of the Holy Spirit inside of us. I always say this, Jesus isn't in the universe, the universe is in Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take that into account. People always like, oh, my God's in the universe. No, 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 no. The universe is contained within Jesus Christ. He is everything. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You guys, as they say, ready to land this plane? Debbie Clark, you ready to land this plane? Yeah. One. Yeah. Let me get some of my gangsters in here, going, yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Do a little yeah. Come on. You guys are in church. You guys are getting so nervous in here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let's just think about this. How many, I know you guys are a little scared right now, a little scared. but hold on. How many people been to a bar in here before? Oh, look at them. They're like, yeah. So you were drinking at a different well. Now you're drinking at the well of Jesus Christ. So, you know, mm, mm, mm. you know what I did like about going to a bar and getting drunk? I looked a lot better to everyone. Like, dang, he's pretty. He's tall. I was standing on a stool, but that's beside the point. So all right, John 4:23 through26. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Come on, think about that verse for a minute. John 14:6, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me." John 8:32, "The truth will set you free. Not just any truth, the truth you know will set you free. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. When Jesus came into your life, all of a sudden, the Messiah, the Messiah. You don't have to keep looking anymore. He's already here. So many people are waiting for something better to come along, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only one that's going to rescue you is Jesus Christ. John four twenty-eight through 30, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Boy, don't you love having a God going, hey, let me tell you everything you ever done, and then it's finished. Do you know it is finished when Jesus said that on the cross? Most of you already know this. Paid in full. Like being in court. Done. Paid in full. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? She still doesn't know. But, boy, she's excited. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Now think about this. A woman that had been with multiple men is going to the village that she's been with the multiple men at and going, hey, come and see another man. Don't you think they were like, another one? Dang. But what did they do? They followed her. Do you realize, pray, pray, pray? Is that what it says on your shirt? I love it. What's your name? You know, Jessica, people follow you. Did you? People follow you. You have influence. Everyone in here has influence. You know, even tonight I'm speaking with a microphone. I may be up here for 30 minutes. I always say to people, they say you only retain 10% of what you hear. So you probably aren't going to retain 10% of what I said tonight. But hopefully you retain 100% of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You see what I'm saying? They streamed out. They didn't even care that this is a woman that was on man number six because she had it once again, encountered perfection, and they were like, she's like, come on, you got to come and see this, man. This one's different. How many of you, when you met Jesus, man, you just go around telling everybody? Think about Bob and Susan. They started in a Bible study in a home because they had this living water. Then I think someone kind of convinced you to be pastors, right? Yeah. And they just went from one place to another, to another, to another. Sometimes my daughter, who I'm very proud of my daughter, was up here tonight. And sometimes with my oldest daughter, we typically will be closer, maybe the last one's on the property on a Sunday. And all the time I say to her, I go, can you believe your grandparents did this? What if they had quit? Like you ever notice with pastors, like they can't call in sick. Most of the time. But they could have quit, but they didn't. But you know what? You could have quit, but you're here tonight. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're a mobile minister no matter what your job title is, right? She also testifies and says, he told me everything I ever did. Reggie's favorite verse. I think it's Revelation 12.11, if I remember. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm, Say that again, Reggie. See, the great thing about your testimony, nobody can take it from you. Your relationship with Jesus Christ, I can't tell you. I heard this a long time ago. There's one truth, Jesus Christ. But how it applies to your life, Matt, is different than how it applies to my life. Can't put God in a box. We did put him in a body for a little while, the body of Jesus Christ. And guess who the body is? You. So you got to continue to make Jesus plus nothing mean everything. Last verse here, and then I'm going to show you a video. And I was going to ask Pastor Bob and Susan. I know Bob's had a long day, but would you mind coming up and praying with people afterwards? And Reggie's mm-hmm. going to come up, and I'll be up here as well. This video is about four to five minutes, but the reason I want you to watch it is It talks about our authority in Christ. Jesus plus nothing is everything. But guess what? This building wouldn't have gotten built without people. So we still need you in and out of church. You know, most of you are going to spend 98, 99% of your uh, life away from this building. The question is, what are you doing with it? And when you realize the authority that you have in Jesus Christ, you're going to change people's lives. When you go to Amazon, Cora, you change people's lives. Tracy, even though you shouted me down, I still love you. You scare me a little bit, but I love you. You're in the school district, right? Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Isn't it cool, though, how God connects people? I love how God connects people. So let me read this verse to you. Philippians 3, eight. Paul's talking. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ's Jesus, my Lord.
0: Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you, and we are believing God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.